So, here we are again. Episode 3 of Ask Mom and Dad for Season 3, where I noticed that we are... Why are there seasons? I haven't understood that. Because we've been trying for three years to do this. <laughs> oh, okay. Seriously? This is our third year of making an effort Seriously? at this. Yeah, we tried it. Wow. Well, 2020 kind of is a period of time where we didn't exist, you know. Nothing existed. You and I were... Which we probably should have done more every, of these. Everyone was in a floating that's pattern. Kind of and So you, you and I are a part of the floating pattern of the rest of the world. So okay. that's what's going on here. I'm going to turn this thing back onto its migratory pattern. Anyway, um, so as we're in this world thing we are i lost my i was going to say something clever about something i did today oh i was gonna say where we are ranked as a solid five star podcast <laughs> on apple podcast by like three listeners of which one <laughs> may or may not be me um so i i really want to know and I, I, that's not cheating i mean i can have an opinion about my own podcast don't you think <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Maybe might as you well. Should have, Someone should have an opinion about it. Um, you and I have been talking about what we want this podcast to be, um, how we want to let people know any, if in the event more than three people listen to them, including <laughs> you and I, um, when they come, when they were to come on, what are we about? What do we stand for? Um, and we, when we started this out and we, we did it for the purpose of our kids said, you should do a podcast that says, you know, ask mom and dad and we'll give you a bunch of questions and being good children and teenagers, they asked us questions for about a week. And, um, we they genuinely though wanted us to share things we've learned, things we think God showed us, you know, things that are in our wizened years, in our great wisdom, in our advanced hair. age. <laughs> I've had gray hair for a share. long time. <laughs> That's true. So you must have a lot of wisdom. Yeah. I think the Bible says something about that. But anyway, um, they did. They gave us a few questions and then kind of petered out of any specifics. But we kind of know what we might have asked our moms and dads <laughs> or what we'd like them to ask. Yeah, there's always <laughs> <That's> that. <it. laughs> Every parent has, boy, if they'd have just asked me, they could exactly. have saved a whole lot of trouble. Um, I, I, um, I think, you know, the thing for me is, is we're going to try and frame this podcast with the idea of questions. And, but I think we're going to, it'll be you and I talking about what matters to us. And I think the first thing that matters to us more important than anything is our faith. Um, we have a, People have a way in which they see the world. The world is called a worldview. Every human being has one, even if they're, well, you know, everything happened by chance and it all came together. That is in itself a, you have just stated your worldview. Your worldview is that things happen, therefore live to the nth degree and die. You know, you and I um, hold to a worldview that there is a grand design, a creator, and, um, and we believe that Jesus is the savior and of the world. And that's, that is the core of our being. So our questions, whatever the questions are, we, we bring to the conversation, um, that, that lens through which we see the world. And so it, it, the listener needs to understand that no matter what we talk about, we're going to come from that worldview. So we, we gave up just trying to pull it things. So if you, if you can see this, you, <laughs> we have Bibles open on the table because we are oftentimes, we are really, really good at forgetting everything we've memorized in the Bible. <laughs> and so we keep one in front of us all the time because, um, but we, we Speak seem to have a pretty good grasp no, on some true, of the major cons, <laughs> the major, <laughs> the major, um, concepts here. 
but we do believe that there is an absolute end to things at one point or another in the future. Things are going to come to an end. You can say global warming made it happen or God just showed up one do, day or Jesus, really nice. if Jesus showed, Jesus shows up one day and says, we're going to, we're going to bring a judgment time around. And, and we do believe that. And so we, we look at what he's written in the word and we make all of our assessments based upon that. That's who we are. So I'm not without apologies, you know, whatever that makes me and, and the listener's idea, you know, if can't betray that. Can't cancel Jesus. You can are. try all you want to. And um, that's there. So uh, the other thing we wanted to do was kind of talk through that lens as how it relates to any question that someone might ask. We've talked about parenting in the last, if you do roll back through it, we've talked about just marriage, what, how we met. We've talked about, um, you know, how, everything from those kind of little romantic things to, to, um, to what does it mean to fight how to argue, um, which we are very skilled at. Um, and, and by argue, to be clear, that means how to argue without destroying one another. Um, even in the worst moments when we've said some terrible things to one another, we haven't, um, I'm, I'm still sitting here, so you haven't destroyed me yet, although you are much more masterful in that realm. Um, of not destroying, but of, of speaking. See, this is, and now let's go ahead and begin the next argument. Um, so we want to talk about that. We want to talk about, um, we've talked about a lot of things, but we want to talk about current events, where we are today, what's going on. Um, and then maybe, uh, a, so I said, a question that someone might ask and then current events. Those are kind of a, a sort of a threefold kind of approach of, of some things. Um, we're starting this one tonight with, um, with just a, uh, open Bible and an open mind to say what we're going to start for. We want to talk a little bit about, uh, the question of what do we do in a society right now, what's big in the news? You want to talk about what's big in the news real quick? <laughs> I was just uh, talking to my kids who live in Virginia with their What did two... you do with our favorite book? Our favorite book? The one you pulled up a minute ago. That's not favorite. You mean... I mean, just where is it? Go get it. It's on the table right there. I see it next to the sewing machine. It's, it's not legitimately one by him, but, you know, the it's... whole... Yeah. See, there's oh, no, that's not. That's Eastman, but yeah, he was a surname. See, yeah. So, so I don't know. Was Eastman? This one doesn't qualify. Apparently, is that, it a, didn't is get that a pin? Is that yet. a pin name or is I don't it? Know. A, I don't know anything about it's it. It's a cat in the hat. Go dog, go. That I, I just I'm not sure if that's offensive or not. I haven't been told yet. I don't know. Do the dogs. There's several colored dogs. A red dog and a green dog. Yeah. That might be offensive. I I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I think is frustrating about this atmosphere. What was the what We was have the to wait to listen to the media or to whatever to find out what's offensive because we might be offended. Well, we I just don't. Didn't yeah, know it. and who knows what it is? What was the meme that we saw this week that Biden? Yeah. Joe, uh, no, that Trump destroyed ISIS and Biden uh, conquered Mr. Dr. Potato Seuss Head, Dr. And Mr. Seuss. Potato. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's ouch. ouch. That's yeah. scary. Well, it's where we've come to with these nitpickers, which I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think Biden had anything to do with it, really, but I don't understand who. I, who is it that's determining these things are bad for us because they have undertones or they have this or they have that? I honestly don't know. You wrote down a question like, are our kids being canceled or well, <laughs> whatever? I, I don't think it's got to do with the kids at all. I honestly, the only problem would be the indoctrination part or the, the, uh, I'm crossing my lines over there. I'm sorry about that. I'm You're fine. Way too loud. You're fine. Um, the indoctrination of uh, ideas is a little bit what we talked about last time, and how they have got to tell us what we can think, what we can teach our kids. It sounds like what we can accept, and, and you know, 
think of as good, I don't know, for our kids, for us, whatever. So I, I'm confused by it all because I don't think it's about kids at all. I think it's about something to do with some agenda to control us, but also to, like we said last time, kind of brainwash. I mean, I, I, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know if I touched on this last time or not. I, I think I did, which was the idea that, um, that uh, in our world, um, in the world in general, when there's, a vac- when there's a vacuum of power, people will look to, and this goes to the worldview thing I opened up with a little bit, people will look to um, something to have control. So even if you're a, um, everything happens by accident, you're still looking for um, an, an external authority, whether you know it or not, <laughs> to create some kind of order in your life. And there are plenty of people in this world who are more than willing to fill that vacuum. Um, to control you, as it were. It may be on a very small level, like sure. in your personal relationships. There's always, you know, the whole idea of a pecking order in a house. You know, who's the, who's the, um, what's well, not, not the word pecking order. Yeah, pecking order, you know, who's the top of the, the heap in the, the, in the family. Chain, the, yeah, or in the, in, among the friends, the bullies at school. There's always someone, you know, that's willing to fill that vacuum. And when you don't have a high, uh, an authority like God who transcends government, government's the thing that you have. And I think that what we see in government today is that there's a, a willingness. Well, it's weird because you've heard this, that government is downstream of culture. So what's happening in our culture is driving our government right now. And so you either have a government that's willing to stand against culture and stand on a principle that's greater than government, or you have a government that says culture is the end goal and we're going to do right. whatever we can we to placate the culture, which I, I feel like that's what we have in place right which now. Which basically sets it up itself up to be God, which is what bothers me. I think they decide. Well, absolutely. The culture. Not in so many words, because if they actually said that, they, would, <laughs> they wouldn't exist anymore probably. At least in this country, I think we'd actually see through it. But instead, they determine that they are smarter than God, so they can determine what's best for you, <laughs> and what's best for that <laughs> yes, child, or indeed. what's best for. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's what that's what the the government is doing. Um, that's I mean, that's what happened in the Old Testament. You know, uh, in the Book of Judges, you've got a, a place in time where uh, the opening close of Judges is you know, man did what he saw was right in his own eyes, mm-hmm. and in between the period is you've got these. Periods where God sends a judge along who leads the people for a time. Eventually, some kind of corruptibility comes across, either in the judge or in the people, um, um, and and then it, the they they blow themselves up again, basically over and over and over again. So they get tired of that, even though they're doing it to themselves. They get tired of that. And the beginning of Samuel for Samuel is when they cry out for a king, and they say, "We're tired of looking to this." invisible being that sometimes provides me a um let me turn that down that sometimes provides me a uh, an answer to some things that i'm wanting an answer to um give us something that's tangible and they get what they want they get a king and then that king begins to even on their on his own even though he's trying for a time to interact with god through a prophet sooner or later he takes control and, um, you know, Saul, Saul gives up when the prophet doesn't answer as quickly as he wants him to, and he becomes the authority, and it's at a great price. Yeah. Um, and many people died, and many people were enslaved. I mean, it's just a mess. So I think what we see today is the same thing, that people are rejecting a, um, <clears throat> a higher authority, rejecting yeah. God, and, a, a more of a, and, and replacing it with a government. Now, 
that being said, what does that do? Well, that means that if the government is trying to placate the people and the people are trying to run the government or trying to, and the culture doesn't, doesn't have from the government an authority, it's okay. So the government is saying, well, you tell us what you want. And the people are saying, you tell us what we want, mm-hmm. but here's what we want, but you tell. And so now you've got this mm-hmm. nebulous of confusion, this mur- murky soup. And so the result of that is there are power centers that are rising up in things and, and, and they're, they're declaring things. And so you wind up with Dr. Seuss being canceled, <laughs> which is weird because Dr. Seuss is in the, was, was, is, I guess on the left side, he was in the side of, of his politics were firmly in that camp, although that oh, was really? 1970s mm-hmm. politics of left. Mm-hmm. It's a little different than 19, or the 2021s. Go ahead. Well, I, no, I was just going to say the, the Bible is pretty clear that Jesus came, I think, to help us understand that God loved us, but that he knew what was best for us. So his authority was not a, it was not meant to be a threat. It was meant to be a safety net. And yet authority in these days and time, you know, and the Bible even warns of that in the last days or in the, you know, there's going to be um, children rising against parents, whatever, all those kinds of bucks of authority because people are going to act like they know better, that they, they can overcome God. They can know better than God. The saddest part of it is they know that's not true, but they want the power so much. I don't, I, I don't really understand it. I, I, I feel like people trying to control people is, I think I mentioned this even on the last podcast, is barbaric. That's what was, what we came out of. That's what civilization, when we got civil, was to consider someone else and, right. and you know, try, um, try to understand their plight so that it, it started to be a, we saw each other in light of a bigger perspective. And now it's back to square one. Let me tell you how you need to treat me or I, it's, uh, it's become so skewed that I don't think they even know why they canceled Dr. Seuss. I don't think, at least I don't understand it. I, I was going to say, the um, where we're dealing with in this is everything from, you know, kids in school to kids in, um, and what they're allowed to, it's kind of weird. Because not only are they telling, they're telling us that the kids need to go back to school, but they can't read certain books and I'm... <laughs> sidetracked but you said something that set me a thought and i wanted to um, address it about what leadership is um and i and i, I my reading today was in the bible in first thessalonians um 5 12 and it talks about leadership and it gives kind of an outline for leadership and and i, and I want to talk about what does a leader need to be and so paul paul says now we ask you brothers so he starts by saying i'm sorry first thessalonians 5 if i didn't tell you that already um, we ask you, brothers, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you, and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we exhort you, brothers, warn those who are irresponsible, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all." You know, we, you mentioned, you know, we are the people who fill the void in in leadership in the world are people who are in this world are people who um, are looking to find power and accolades for themselves. Um, And uh, here, what we're looking at is is a leadership turned on its head. It's very different in the idea that um, I I thought it was interesting because the, the verse breaks in a world places. The list is interesting. Um, but he starts out by saying, first off, recognize your leaders 
because they are laboring among you. And, and what was really cool to me in that was the idea of labor. Because when you think about labor in and of itself, you, you tend to think of, you know, breaking rocks or whatever. But for me, I had the idea of labor as something that brings life forward. I had the idea of a, of a woman giving birth. Um, because what a leader wants to do with his people or with her people is to bring life into the world, another life, to lift up something new, to bring something new in this world. And so what Paul is saying to these folks is your leaders should be working on your behalf to bring life into you, to, to build your life, not to take from your life. And so for me as a leader, as a Christian leader, and for you as a leader, and um, where God has placed you to lead in the workplace, in your home, wherever we are, we're to be building life and pouring life in others, adding to people, not taking away from people. And right now they're taking away Dr. Okay, Seuss. They're but, taking away the right to go to school and get an education. They're taking yeah. away the ability for us to breathe freely but in public. Like they're taking you, away. There's a whole lot of this weirdness. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, like you used to say, though, I think you'd have to know that you're a leader. I think the problem <laughs> being a leader is its own definition. We could go off on a whole, in fact, we probably should, um, the whole discussion about leadership because I used to misunderstand you when you would say um, everyone's a leader or you're going to lead someone or whatever. Everyone's That's, leading someone. That is true. Right. But who really even sees themselves that way? Most people, and especially the ones in power now, that's a different type of leadership even. That's not true leadership. Like you're defining someone who actually cares about someone else. We're talking about ones who just want power and want to want to order people. That's not actually leadership. That's, that's tyranny. That's less, yeah. That's, yeah exactly. I, um, that's less. The saddest part of that is we elect these leaders, or at least in our country, Well, because supposedly. they, pro they, they the, in, the, in the political realm, the leaders promise us yeah. this. And because they give they're us supposed to represent us. They're supposed to care about our welfare and our um, uh, betterment, like you were saying, raising us up. As they're supposed to, to but I, and I said that they promise us um, to, <laughs> to, to not take away, but to build up. But the, I'm not so sure that's entirely true. Whenever there's, whenever a leader is saying to you that I want to take from someone else to give to you, they're saying, in essence, I'm going to steal from this person and <laughs> give it to you. Robin Hood leadership is a nice fairy tale, but it's not fair at all. It's not, it's not the way our our, our country is structured as a believer as a as a what we want to do in, is promote charity but taxing someone or taking something from someone and giving it to another person that's not charity that's theft <laughs> um mm -hmm. now if the entire group of people or it's tyranny like you said if you're well, okay. making someone do that well, well right. we have something in that construct in the church the tithe the purpose yeah, of the right. tithe is is that we would all agree to give a percentage of our income. The Bible gives ten percent as a as a as a guideline of our income, in order that we might have resources on hand to help the poor, the needy, to to build the church and promote the gospel. The thing, though, that's important to understand is the tithe is not mandatory. Um, it's in the Old Testament. It very much was a was a thing that was there for mandatory purposes. But under as a Christian. I joke oftentimes that God doesn't want 10%. He wants all of you. Well, I was going to say, because the theme of that from God was not about um, building up and having to give. It was trusting him, right? So we're back to authority again. Having and knowing where our authority, where the authority ultimately 
lie so that it so it's on his shoulders to take care of us. We've always said, we've always told our kids, it's God to take care of you. You may receive income from your job, but it's God who supplied that. It's not, it's and it's that you have, um, because the Bible says that you can, a worker's worth is keep, or a, um, you know, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat, that kind of thing. It's it's a a natural state of a humanity to 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 produce and to give and whatever, but to to see the resource, the ultimate source, that it is God that has supplied and and given us. So that's what I think. That's what it means then to have a leader, to have submitted, not followers, but submission under that leader, because they don't. They're trusting. They have a trust that's underneath that says, I believe you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I think the problem with most of us, if, if you're like me, is that you've trusted from quite a while back that your country, you know, was protecting you, that was going to do, was out to think of your best or was out to, and these people that we've hired to, to go to government or to be here in this example to teach our children or whatever, that we can trust them. That's not true. That's not true really anymore. We, we, I'm going to go back to you and I decided to homeschool because we wanted to take that responsibility on ourselves knowing that it was really God who was going to be their teacher ultimately. So to put that in the hands of someone else making that decision is a little bit, it's a little harder really to, to trust even though you still have to trust. Parents that put their kids in public schools or any kind of schools really are trusting that that teacher or that um, environment is going to bring uh, um, their child into the maturity that you know they want and from our perspective we wanted to build in them the um, the understanding of trusting God first of believing him first of of knowing that he was again this biblical worldview of knowing that he was the end of all and the beginning of all so that everything was in his hands I this scripture I was reminded of this scripture this week that kind of was my fallback, um, Isaiah 54, 16, no, 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. When you know that he's their actual teacher, that's, that's so much more peaceful, you know. And that he's the one going to help them weed through all this. He's going to help them figure out what is being said or what is not. Because you've taught them from a, a place of trust and love and security that has taught them that they are loved so they can love. Um, we were talking about this when we were talking about Joseph last night or our, our lady studies on Joseph right now. And um, I think that Joseph was misunderstood in those early days. I think he was a little bit too just really sure of his being loved. He was the one that was kind of chosen by his dad. So he was, oh, yeah, I think he was that, focused yeah, on. Was so he had a real security about himself. So when he came and shared this dream with his brothers and his dad, he kind of thought they'd just kind of be excited with him. Wasn't this a cool dream? You know, I don't think he really knew what it meant. He, I think he genuinely believed God had told him something, but he didn't know what it was. He's young enough, naive enough maybe, to, that he probably should have kept to himself. But, but that shows from very young that he was loved and accepted, so therefore... He could love. He could accept. So it went through his life that he was able to, you know, bless others as he went, even in the middle of hardships. But anyway, I guess that's a that's a branch off. But I think the the bottom line to what we're saying about seeing our government kind of abuse its power, but knowing that these that's this cancel culture idea is them trying. Someone out there trying to 
trying to steer us, trying to tell us what our worldview ought to be instead. And I, I don't, I don't really understand it. I don't understand why it's even being allowed because it's not, again, to me, it's not current. It's, it's like back to barbaric type of control factors. What do you mean by being allowed? Who's allowing it? I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? So how is it being allowed? Why are we told? Well, we are told this is, well, they're taking them off the shelves or they're, okay. you know, it's kind of like burning the books kind of idea. Well, there's no resistance to it. Nobody's saying no to crazy. <laughs> And, and you know, I mean, I am, but yeah, but you, sure. I, I mean, but we can't say no, not when they take it down from the resources that we have. I was shocked that Tom and Jerry is a new movie that came out. It's literally <laughs> nothing more than violence. They Tom and Jerry. I, mean, I know, they're beating right? the heck out of one another. And I thought violence was not kosher, or that was maybe early 2000s. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember some of those conversations before, and then um, I noticed HBO Max has in the entire slate of all of the old um, Bugs Bunny, Warner Brother cartoons, which are just, yeah, they're terrible. I mean, they were kind of canceled a few years it's, ago. It's <laughs> interesting, yeah, it's interesting to me that, you know, we're, can't, we're, we're putting warning labels on, um, Who was it that we're just... scared to death of racism right now, which is a weird thing because racism has not, will never be eliminated from the human vocabulary. I mean, from the human beings, because racism is... People, people struggle. Now, <laughs> this could be, because I was going to say, are you meaning the hatred factor? Or are you I'm just meaning for people, divisions of people to be scared of other people because they're different. It could oh. be because of race. I don't struggle with racism. I like people of all But people numbers. say, yes, you do. You just don't know. No, I you think it's that's realize. stupid. I, I, I reject I that. You anyway. can't cancel me. I reject that. And if you wanted to just say, I'm old, and I just they can just roll their eyes and say, he doesn't understand. He's old. <laughs> I, I don't buy that okay. for a minute. Well, that's you know, what I fought, they are saying. That's I exactly fought, what I'm saying. When I was in, when I was in high school, I fought for the rights of people of color in my high school. I, I mean, I fought to date, date a person of color in my high school. Yeah, but it doesn't even matter these days because even, um, uh, even some of the spokesmen we have on the conservative to uh, platform talking to the black culture are black. They are describing how they are misunderstanding things. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, I matter just, who it is yeah. or what it is. Okay. I didn't Sorry, really that's, think I didn't mean to get, get off into that, that business. Well, it's it, because the canceling say, thing though, is coming from all those directions. Just that's a why second I got ago, um, we used to say sticks and stones will break uh, break our bones, but words can never hurt you. Um, now words are literally violence. Words are literally violence. Yeah, that's the new phrase. <laughs> I just said My goodness. Ago. The sad part of it is it's, uh, it's what you... And we're teaching each other to do that. We're not teaching children to to see it differently right. instead we're saying oh no this says this and we're trying to protect them or steer their thinking on something and instead it used to be that we taught our children that all that black and re yellow red and white they are precious in his sight that was a that was a wonderful song yeah, it was. because it is. was very so. inclusive. Yeah, but just a few years ago, that was said, oh, you can't say those colors. You can't say those whatever. And I'm like, but that's the whole point of the dang song. Like you said, fuchsia, people. You should put whatever colors you want in there. Um, well, people and then are, okay. say, but they are all precious in God's sight. That's oh, yeah. what Sunday I want school to, was about. We right. were 
teaching children that everyone's accepted, right. everyone's loved, right. everyone's seen the same in God's eyes. And in reality, God's bringing all of the races back together because we're intermarrying now. We're doing, we're making literal progression to back to where God originated, I think, when he, you know, when we were all one race because he right. created us that well, way. Let, let me point us back real quick to um, to where I was a minute ago in Thessalonians because there's something I want to point out that you you mentioned when we when you mentioned about people you know why am, why is no one pushing back or you know what was it let it happen you know, why are we letting it happen I um the he says here uh, regard them in highly love because of their labor um, and I and I use the word labor and then he said um, their labor is um, admonishing you and leading you. Okay, leading is administration. Admonishing means to give you information, basically, to admonish you. It's warn or to inform. I was going to say. So, in other words, it's well, the literal translation of the word is to give to give knowledge. So, basically, to give you not a leader is to give you knowledge, and then to manage you through the process of incorporating that knowledge into your life until you own that and it's yours. Does that make sense? Kind of. Um, so say you learn a new lesson, smacking your brother is bad. Okay. <laughs> well, if your brother ticks you off and you smack him, no, smacking your brother is bad. That's the thing. But And so when you smack your brother, you still get corrected for that. And then little by little, you understand, well, okay, there's another way to work through a conflict with my brother. Well, yeah, you have to teach your brother to turn the other cheek. <laughs> Absolutely. So in the course of the process of until someone comes to a point where they now own and believe smacking my brother's bad, there needs to be a different way to work through something. And now they don't need me to tell them that maturity is happening, at least in that area of their life. They're maturing. Gross. So yeah. it breaks that. But here's what it was interesting to me because he goes on and he's, the next thing he says is he gives more instruction. He says, be at peace among yourselves. So we're not supposed to. And we've been talking about this. All of the things that are happening is you're offending me because you said this about in this book. You have racial undertones in this, these children's books. There are racial undertones in the Muppet shows. All or of these things are these. Or, or gender undertones or whatever. Or yeah. Um, the, the thing of the matter is, as Christians, we're not to get wrapped up in that so much. We have to discuss them, and that's why we're talking about them right now. But it's important as a leader, and you and I are leaders, and if someone says, I'm a follower of Jesus, these kinds of mentalities I'm instructing now learn the lesson well you're not to misrepresent who Jesus is in your life your if if your worldview is the same as ours and you say Jesus is the authority you want to in, embed in your behavior the opposite of and I'm saying if there's inequity or an injustice and those things they need to be addressed but you should never address something in such a way that further fans the flames of division you should be fanning the flame of peace to bring one another together. Our culture right now, everything in our culture, and there are Christians among people in our culture that are fanning the flame of anger and that we owe others these things. The Bible tells us the only thing we're left owing one another in Christ is loving one another. And so, anyway, I, the thing that, that you said, why is no one standing up? He goes on, he says, and we exhort you, brothers, warn those who are irresponsible. I got hung on that word a little bit, and I was curious, so I looked it up a little bit closer. And the idea of irresponsible that's being translated into the English of irresponsible is people who are not battle ready. Yep. Warn those who are irresponsible. They're people who are not at their post. They're not ready to be in action for God at a given moment or when something comes around, they're undisciplined, they're disorderly, they don't know their stuff. And so when they're called to action, they can't fight back. They don't know how. So they just, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it made me think of the movie that we watched last week, um, the uh, 
Well, it's just any military example. But we watched uh, Greyhound oh, last week yeah. with Tom. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Uh, what was that movie was nothing more than um, trying to do some normal stuffs, battle stations, and the the men in that boat were constantly ready to go to battle when it happened. They would they would go back. They were on the alert. They were ready. And we should have a posture in our life that we're trying to. Um, get through this life without being sunk by a U-boat. Get through this life aware of the fact that there are people out there desiring to destroy the precious lives, the souls on board the ships around us. And the captain in that story was concerned deeply for every soul that was lost. And big enemy or... or um, and that, I think that was one of the most um, amazing moments in that movie was when they first sunk a U-boat and one of the guys commented to his captain we got him and how many ever many sunk and he mm -hmm. said that many souls he saw them as people even though they were enemies and we need right. to realize in this world that there's a lot of people who are shouting angry things at us but we still have a responsibility being responsible means being on alert standing ground but knowing the people that we're dealing with are people that need to be loved and taught mm -hmm. and so anyway i'm this this it just struck me where are the people that are standing up well, hopefully they're standing up in our political places. Hopefully they're standing well, up, but there's, there's, a, there's we, a lack of that. Maybe my angle on it, because I, you're a man, you really do need to encourage or kind of, um, what does the Bible say, kick people out into uh, leadership and you know encourage them on to uh, spur one another. That's it, spur one another. Mm -hmm. um, but my angle on that would be you and I have taken another angle by homeschooling and having, that's what I said, um, the taking, what's the word I want to use? Um, pre preparing beforehand. I think I've kind of been a little bit concerned about people who are that they're uh, loudly concerned that the children are back in school and that there's not, you know, the the normal things there going on. But I'm I've been kind of on the side talking to a few people saying, but really, you, God's given you this opportunity to be with your children and to teach them from your That's perspective fair. and your own worldview. So don't lose that because even though it may have crippled, you know, some financial things or it caused a little bit of harm or not uh, hardship or whatever for a short time, God kind of, I want to believe that God gave this opportunity for some Christian families to wake up a little bit and say, what am I teaching my kids? What am I showing them the values? What what is it that is valuable? And like you're saying, how am I teaching them responsibility? For us, it was to teach them first that they're um, accountable to God, that that they're not beholden to the world's teaching, that their first um, submission to should be to God's will, to to God's word. So. That one, I wanted so badly to instill that in them. I knew that was not something they would be getting from a public school setting or from really any other school setting, at mm -hmm. least in in the sense that what well, we could afford. We, so I I feel like we were preemptive. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. To to be on the ready for those battle things, you've got to get your kids or your people you're around, people you love, to a responsible place, ready to fight those battles. Then, then some are going to need to stand out in, in more ways than others. Some are going to be a little bit behind the scenes, maybe praying, maybe preparing, maybe teaching people. Then others are going to go forward and stand. And there are quite a few on the forefront trying to stand right now. You know, um, I think it's important, and maybe we could wrap up with the idea, is that, you know, when it comes to things like Dr. Seuss and 
you know, the culture is canceling us and or canceling people that it disagrees with. It. Well, the culture is pushing the politics to cancel. Right. And there's and the question of where do people stand up? Um, you know, we need to be um, if maybe reading the scripture today, you know, if it alerts you who's listening or, you know, or you and I, Tanya, to be reminded, we can't be lazy about it. We have to stand up. Yeah. And and make our voices heard, even if it's just on a podcast or in people that that, that we talk to every single day, wherever we are, um, at work or or in, and um, we're not allowed to recreate with new friends. We only can make the old <laughs> friends know. stronger. But, you can go but, to Texas and do that. Yeah, <laughs> currently that, that's a, that's another conversation. <laughs> let's see it. Let's give it two weeks and see if COVID blows up in those areas, and then we'll say aha or oh. But no. the thing that the thing that I want to to, to wrap it up with, um, oh goodness, I lost it. Um, you, oh, you said it a minute ago, and and um, I just want to underline it. The schools and opening the schools and all of those things, those may be important, but not to unload our children back onto a system that we've acknowledged in this conversation has issues mm-hmm. with being. Um, helpful in all areas but the one area that you and I agreed on when we were educating our kids um, that only parents can give their children well that parents better be responsible for giving their children better not be lazy about is character well and, because and a foundation of character are going to be taught by their parents whether or not they're spending time at school or not it's yeah, well, the parents that are going to pass that on it doesn't matter it's just the way it is well and you and I have, so, and yes. you and I have said that a number of times if we give our children if we I think I, I just remember a number of times in our conversations you and I have resolved out loud together <laughs> as long as we teach our children character they can learn other stuff in life um, yeah. And they they have. Well, I mean, really, now we've got a thirty year old, so and he's serving and learning other stuff in life. But his character has endured, and it's it's priceless to watch them instill in their children character. And and I'm and I'm talking about a particular worldview that grounds them in something that's bigger than the whims and the waves of this world that would draw them and throw them and toss them. And I mean, gosh, the the thing that grieves me the most about this world is I see people out there who are just being to use the biblical phrase, tossed and driven by wind. They, they're, they're, they're wrapped in a whirlwind of culture that changes every day, and they're petrified yeah. because they don't know what's right to do. And we again, as, have I, the opportunity to offer that hope to them. Again, so. I believe that fear is the biggest driver of all this these days. Fear just is. And people give way to fear of the wrong thing so much quicker than to try to choose what they will be truly fear of. The, the Bible says you can let whatever's going to happen to your body, but... You might want to fear the one who has control of your soul. But I thought of this when you said that. I thought of this, um, just this passage, this couple of verses. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles, the mountains topple into the depths of the sea, though its waters roar in foam and the mountains quake with turmoil. Um, the, the bottom line to this is, Back to the beginning, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in those times. Mm-hmm. So to teach children that, to teach this generation that is, yeah, it's, it's heavy, it's necessary, it's absolute, and nothing else is going to actually answer all these satisfactions of their soul they're searching for, yeah. passing on to others. That's good. I think we. Oh, that was by the way of Psalm Psalm forty six one. Yes. <laughs> footnote. Footnote. In the footnote. What did you do to your one through three? Um, 
the coffee thing. Look, <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> um, anyway, I think we should wrap it up with that. That's we've had a good conversation. Is there anything else we need to to say? Or, I mean, the reality is, if we're going to try, we're going to try and be more regular about these podcasts and try to do them at least once a year. Um, I mean, do them once a month, a week. Uh, <laughs> We've, we're discussing, okay, the problem is the pressure from the fan out there is that we need to do more of these. And so we're going to try and, and do that. However, if you want us to be better at it, um, we need more Some fan. Suggestions. Um, do you, <laughs> more than one fan? More than one do fan. Do you want to? <laughs> I'm your fan. Are you my fan? Do you have, I'm your fan. Uh, do you have a way to um, have them ask questions or send in, like, um, subject matter or something if they want us to talk about something? Well, they can send an email to greg at sawyerclan.org or Tanya's, Tanya's seven, which that is my wife, T-O-N-Y-A. She had seven kids, seven at sawyerclan.org, either one of us. Um, and sawyerclan is S-A-W-Y-E-R dot, no, S-A-W-Y-E-R-C-L-A-N, as in like Scottish thing, <laughs> dot, dot org. org. <laughs> so either greg, G-R-E-G, one G. Yeah. Boy, let's say that. Sawyerclan.org. That's probably the best. That's right. And this episode has been brought to you by two crazy people who are willing to sit down and talk about life generally. And that's me because I have a dual personality. Um, anyway, you guys have a wonderful one. I'll talk to you later. Well, you're here, but you're not crazy. Um, anyway, bye-bye. I keep on.